Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi and welcome to episode 9 of Grow With Soul. Today I've got another coaching episode for you and I'm talking to Indy Foulier who runs Unfold Change, providing marketing services for ethical and impact-driven businesses. Indy hasn't been full-time in her business for very long so in this episode we talk a lot about time management and structuring your working routine as well as tactics for selling and pitching in a way that doesn't make you feel gross and also reaching out and starting a business network. So let's dig in. Hi Indy. Hi Kay, how you doing? I'm good, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. I'm really interested about this conversation everything because it's quite different to some of the other ones that were done through the rest of this season in that you are like a marketer and you're doing marketing for people and I'm really interested in, to get some of your thoughts and also kind of make people feel less bad about their marketing and stuff. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and the background behind the business and its inspiration and all those things? Yeah, sure. So I've recently launched um, Unfold Change. It took quite a few months of working on, but the reason that kind of all came about is um, I was doing a lot of searching for the last few years, kind of trying to find my place. I wasn't really settling. And after kind of loads of personal discovery and kind of putting myself out there, trying different things over the years, I found myself kind of finally the penny was dropping and kind of I've done social media and marketing things um, over the years for other businesses but without really knowing that was what I was doing Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like a oh hang on a minute I've been doing this for years so as a self in the way because it's quite a new thing somebody just ends up taking responsibility for it and then actually you you learn so much because you're you're right at the kind of forefront of how it's been changing over the last couple of years yeah definitely and it was just kind of I got really interested in seeing the progress as well so like kind of supporting the businesses that I was working with unknowingly at the time (laughs) to kind of see where they where they came from where they got to and kind of see their growth was really exciting because they were smaller and so I kind of was like, okay, this is kind of marketing, I guess. So mm. although I don't have a formal degree, I'm very much self-taught and purely having the pure interest in in that kind of arena. So after getting a qualification, because I felt maybe I need one for people to take me seriously, mm. I kind of, that's when started things started kind of rolling and I started realising that, hang on, all the things that I'm interested in they kind of all have a ethical, sustainable, impactful element to things that I personally invest in. And that's where I kind of went into my last full-time role was at a company that was a social enterprise. Right. Oh, I love this journey. And then so with Unfold Change, so now you've kind of gone like full into the really impactful businesses now, haven't you? Yeah. So it got to the point where I was like, actually, hang on a minute, this is actually something I really wanted to do. And this is one thing I like. This is another thing I like. 
I want to bring them together somehow. So that's how Unfold Change was born. It took months of like painfully deliberating of the name and what do I stand for and what does this mean? My message. And I was just like, oh, there was was many a night (laughs) when I was worrying about all of that, but just kept working at it really and thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and take the plunge now. I love that, that whole kind of gradual narrowing in of everything for you first from the kind of marketing perspective and really focusing in on that and I'm the same as you I sort definitely fell into it ended up kind of being good at it in spite of myself really um it wasn't I'd wanted to be a museum curator I'd had no interest in in business but then actually like found that I was really good at it and really enjoyed it and then yeah kind of pursued it did all the did various kind of workshops and courses and stuff and and yeah and then I love that you kind of really married the two things together to make a business that is a whole you not just get, having a job which is just part you yeah that was totally it I, wa- I wanted to live it rather than live it on the side mm. <laughs> if that makes sense yes yeah, I, I feel you. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so are you full-time on Unfold Change? Yes. yes. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, literally I kind of started in January and it before it was, before it was even called Unfold Change. So I started kind of working all on that. And luckily I have a very supportive husband. Mm-hmm. So he's just been really kind of like, like, you know what, you've wanted to do this for ages, just go do it. So having that kind of support there daily has really, really helped in times of lack of confidence or kind of double guessing and just yeah all of that kind of stuff so it's been really helpful and having the time full time now to kind of really work on it has been really helpful oh that's so brave as well just completely jumping in so did you have have any clients before you went full time or did you just go nope this is it now I'm I'm going I'm going for it I did have one but Uh, but I was starting that started in January basically so I start before I left my role I started talking to people just really first step was I need to talk to people and talk to the right people to see if this is something that they actually want or need so that's how I got my first client very slowly kind of just through meeting them and really organically creating the relationship because that's what was that's what I find easiest as well through conversation and really listening to them and having a personal connection with them then just keeping it really really formal yeah, that's so important. And so many people don't do that. That They think, oh, I want to do this thing. And then they sit in isolation for two years creating it and then come out the other end and people are like, well, yeah, it's okay. But it would have been better if it was like this. So it's so <laughs> important to be talking to your people all the time and just tweaking things and making things right for them. Yeah. So that was really lucky that I kind of had that one. It wasn't lucky. You worked for it. You did it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like I mean I feel like it was very so organic I was like I don't even know how this is going to go I don't even know what I don't even know what to how to you know set this up with my client and yeah. but the relationship's just been really organic and easy and they've been really kind of instrumental in the beginning stages of honing in what it is that I want to offer or can offer right yeah and I think that's part of this kind of weird new online industries that are still very much emerging and in the traditional workplace, although we're all kind of really in it. So we don't think it's that weird to be doing what we're doing. But a lot of traditional businesses will just be like, what the hell? Who even are you? So 
I think that that's been really great that you've been able to find like-minded people who are understanding of what goes into all of this and and the value that you bring even if you're not an agency or whatever yeah I think it definitely helped that they didn't want anyone that's an agency or too kind of formal and things like that so it's kind of helped that they were kind of on the same wavelength as me but it's kind of now got to the next stages where I'm like okay um I need to kind of build on this now so this is where the crossroads are happening I'm not really sure of how to go ahead with it and how do you put yourself out there without yeah 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 (laughs) you you really preempted my question there as well which was going to be like that you've you met you kind of got this this client and through conversation in a very one-to-one personal hand-holding way but you can't scale with that kind of acquisition model so it's what are you thinking about how you're gonna start to as you say make that more consistent so I guess the first question really with thinking about that is how many clients do you can you take in a year and do you need to take in a year see I'm I'm probably at the stages just before this where I'm just figuring out the right pricing structures if you know what I mean um that will work and are both affordable for me as well as the people that I'm serving Mm -hmm. because I feel like the more of the brands or the brands that I want to work with they're generally smaller Mm -hmm. so they will not be wanting an agency and the budgets I'm not quite sure of either so it's kind of getting to that sweet spot of is this going to work for both of us now yeah yeah I understand that and I've got a very similar thing in my business and um, I found that quite a difficult thing to navigate was thinking and, and feeling some guilt around the money thing then you get people who are like oh I just wish I could give you this for free but that's just not fair on anybody else and I would say to kind of price for what what you need to price because then you, you've got somewhere to come down from it's much easier to come down than it is to go up. And what you don't want to do is start a project, a three-month project and get two weeks in and be like, I'm going to hate the rest of the next three months because I've seriously undercharged this. That is the worst feeling and you don't show up as with your best work and it's just horrible for everybody involved. And I always think with pricing, it's it's not, it's it's never kind of like the end. And something I do is like my, my price is basically my price but I will be as flexible as I can for it to be easy for you to to pay that so whether that means it's a payment plan that means it's a little payment every six months rather than every three months which is my kind of standard one I'll do that I will I will say to people I've got a standard one but however it makes it easier I'm willing to do that and also being willing to add in value that is not too much for you to give, but would be really important for them. So that might be adding in an extra call that they might want, or I don't know, something else that might be really valuable for them, but that doesn't actually impact you too much. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally get that. That's definitely something that I would likely do anyway, just because we're nice like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to support them. So it's just... Yeah, I totally get that and I would be very happy to do that as well. So it's kind of getting that right Mm. balance and then 
without having any new clients, it's kind of like difficult to price it. So I'm kind of like, do I just put the prices as they are? And then how do I put this forward, you know, to new people? I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel at this point. You've got a client who has paid a certain amount of money and that's the only data that you've got to go off. So you need to base it around that. But then also kind of thinking about what you want your life to look like. Because say you charged a certain amount and you only needed four clients a year to make what you need to make in a year. Well, that's that's probably going to be fairly easy. But actually, that's not the kind of work you want to be doing because you want to be helping more and more people. So, so thinking about how do I want to work in these projects do I want to be at people's beck and calls? How much are I going to be juggling at the same time? And then think of the number of clients you need simultaneously that will allow you to have that kind of day-to-day that you want and then work the pricing backwards from there. So say it's 20 clients a year or 40 clients a year, working the pricing from that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I've got it, ne- I've nearly got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just from talking to other other people that do slightly similar things to me so I've, I've nearly got it down but then now now is the next bit where I'm like okay so now how do I go out and pitch myself yeah. to the right audience without giving away too much for free if you get what I mean yeah yep yeah, I get what you mean and it, I it's a little bit chicken and egg because until you know whether you need to have 100 clients or 20 that's going to be a very different strategy that that you go at with that so it's an element of that but also they say this on being boss podcast i don't know if you listen to that but the difference between hunting and farming when it comes to sales and how much is going to be you being a magnet with things like content and social media and outreach and getting your message across and how much is more traditional business development going and cold not cold calling but well kind of cold emailing maybe and getting in touch and things like that and the whole kind of networking scene and there's no right or wrong it's really where you think you thrive and what you want to be doing because for me the idea of sending someone an email and asking if they want me to coach them I I can't bring myself to do that it's no way (laughs) it's like I wouldn't want that done to me either so why would I do it to someone else? It's just like, oh, how do I? It's maybe it's that's that's the case. Like, when have I had the most enjoyable like sales experiences yeah. <laughs> that have worked? Clearly, but maybe it's a case of looking at those kind of times. But they again, those kind of relationships I can I can probably remember are not very often either. No, well, and not just the individual experiences, but an exercise that I do with my coaching clients is to think about resonant businesses and unresonant businesses so even if they don't do anything like what you do maybe it's like your favorite fashion brand and you always buy everything from there what and then unpicking what it is about them that you really like about their customer service about their marketing about the way that they make you feel and kind of seeing how you can apply that to your business and then on the other hand think of the ones that just you would never in a million years buy from that you you just want to be the opposite of and then unpick what that is because sometimes that can be easier than thinking about what you like is what by working out what you really don't like and how you can be the opposite of that yeah yeah definitely that makes sense actually (laughs) so then that would probably help in kind of pitching myself to new people Mm, well yeah and I think as well 
you're it working in a very specific niche industry so it's almost what are the, the norms in that industry as well so are they used to receiving lots of pitches or is the idea of you sending a pitch like really not the done thing and, and things like that so um, or actually would you sending an email which might be like a or not even an email, maybe sending something in the post, which might be like a really beautiful box and something like that, that might really make you stand out amongst all the the emails they get or them trying to find somebody who's got the right kind of ethos while they're thinking, oh, I don't want this agency or I don't want this. Um, that might be a way of making you making you stand out. So yeah, it's maybe looking at what else goes on in the industry. And I think it's it's a fact-finding mission a little bit as well. And seeing with your existing clients how they look for other vendors as well. So not just marketing, but you know, if they're looking for an accountant, how do they go about that? Or if they were, say they're a, a shop and they're looking for logistics partners, how do they go about it? And then remodel it for your business. So say for logistics partners, they do some Google research, they go to other businesses which are the same, they look at online advice. Well, they will probably go through a similar process when they're looking for somebody to look after their marketing. So how can you pop up in those sorts of places so that you're you're already known? So I think it's a, a sales and marketing very hand in hand with you because you need to, in order to, to pitch and then when they Google you, be really impressed or maybe you pitch and they already have heard of you there needs to be the other stuff going around in the ether and for you to be really really known in this space yeah that's that's actually very true mm. so yeah I totally get some more like a buying habit type thing to yeah. kind of really get to get to know how they what their process is almost mm. yeah I know that that makes total sense actually yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things that I kind of once you're in that funnel it's kind of like it's like kind of thinking of what else do they do or what else is their process outside of me that would be actually really useful to look at what else and how else yeah so often it's it's really easy to forget that the people that we're trying to talk to are, are well-rounded like actual human beings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we only think of them in the context that that we want to think of them in so for me well similarly for you it's like thinking about them with their business and what those struggles are but I don't think about um what they're having for lunch or where they want to go on holiday or you know what they're sitting and watching on tv and they do all those things as well and it's it's really remembering that and that's the way you can really be popping up in their everyday life in lots of different ways and really understanding them more wholly and giving them more of what they need as well Um, yeah I think that's that's the kind of like things I'll I feel like that's going to come as I do it it's just I feel like in the kind of sector that I'm in so the ethical impactful impactful sustainable like I think I need to kind of really get in there although I'm like a consumer I'm on the consumer side most of the time now it's my time to kind of support them in front of their consumers almost so it's kind of like I have to switch my mind up a little bit I think so you mean doing some b2b as in talking to them but also b2c as in talking to their consumers is that what you mean um as in like most of the time i've been the consumer right yeah yeah so now i need to do the other be the other be the other way around if that Mm. makes sense (laughs) yeah and kind of change your mindset around them a little bit as well 
yeah, and thinking about how you can serve them because you've always, as you've approached them as a consumer, you've always seen them like with their best face on. So it's quite yeah. difficult to then to think what it might be like around the other side of it, and really nailing in how you can provide value and stuff. Have you done any audience work or like profiles via personas, those kind of things? I have done it with a couple of the clients, like as in building user personas. Yes. Yeah, so I've done that done that a couple of those. Have you done it for for your business? Probably not as in-depth as I've done with others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the classic thing. And that would kind of help you with your selling because I always think that when you feel that you struggle with something or you're not sure how to do something, it's because you're not quite 100% on the motivations of the person that you're doing it for because when you've really know what their problem is and where they're trying to get to but they can't and what's holding them back and what do they want to be and all those kind of things it makes it a lot easier to frame how you can get in front of them with the right message at the right time so that might be something to go back to and revisit especially if you are going to be writing pitches or going to events and stuff and just be really conscious of what is their struggle and how can you best deal with that in the, in your sales copy? Yeah, just always kind of thinking what can I help them solve almost. Because mm. you have to be valuable at every stage of the journey. You can't just be valuable at the point at which they're exchanging money for what you do because before they exchange their money, they need to exchange their attention. And you have to earn that attention, especially at the moment where it's, you know things popping up and as Instagram feeds to scroll and all, all the things you really have to earn their attention with some value and so going back to what it is that they're struggling with and providing something to solve that is the best way to grab that attention at the beginning yeah I've I've, I've slowly started to kind of realize that and start planning okay right I need to put out things or content that will kind of work for them or aid to help them or support mm-hmm. them and I'm I'm a big believer in that and that's something that I've always done in my business I've kind of given everything away in my content but it's never the same as working one-on-one with someone like I can write a blog post about setting up an email newsletter but it'll be when I work one-on-one with someone we won't I won't just read out the blog post it's never going to be the same the same conversation so you, you can help them and solve their problems but still leave space for them to need your services yeah see this is exactly the kind of thing I was like okay so then if I give this solution to something what will that leave for them to come and work with me again so that was kind of I'm glad you actually said that and that (laughs) so that kind of helps actually it's a funny mindset to get your head around and you know what if they can get everything they need from one blog post then they didn't need to work with me, you know? Then I would have felt bad taking their money because if that was all they needed, they didn't need to work one-on-one with someone. And that's absolutely fine. But somebody else will come to the site, they'll read the blog post, and it will just scratch the surface of something and they think, you know what, I really need to talk to someone about this. I'm, I'm not doing this right. I don't feel confident about it. I... I just need to talk it through and actually have some guidance on it, then that's the job that that does. Yeah. I very often kind of say to photographers um, that you can create content that teaches people 
how to take photographs, but they'll never be as good as yours. So that's all they'll do. They'll learn. They'll be like, oh, I'll just follow this guide and I'll be able to take these amazing photos. And then they, obviously they aren't because they're not a photographer. And that kind of shows them how much value that photographer brings and will be more likely to go back once they've tried to do it themselves and failed miserably. Then they know that they really do need that that expert touch. And that's something that I get. I get people that have read all your blog posts and now I'm ready. <laughs> I've tried these things and now I'm ready to kind of come and, and work with you. So it it does feel on the surface like, oh, I'm giving away all my secrets. But it's it's again comes back to that understanding of who you're doing it for and knowing what they need and what they need they're not going to get out of just a blog post. They might think they will, but they won't. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I'm glad you actually like put that to rest. Actually, <laughs> that's been really helpful. Um, just like now, I think it's a lot more clearer and getting more clarity. But it's like I haven't found the time to even get some content out there. And I've got all these ideas. I've got it all planned. I've got it all down. And I'm just like, where is the time going? Right, and and that's because you're doing client work at the same time yeah exactly that exactly that I'm just like oh my goodness how it's, it's kind of the situation where I need to put content of my own out to be seen as someone who's mm-hmm. valuable and knows what they're talking about but I've also got client work that's taking up time as well yeah and this is the age-old thing with people who do client work in the way that you do client work and you know designers have it that your marketing your business always comes last which doesn't help so how do you structure your time at the moment generally so I tried I try keyword (laughs) to um keep kind of client works to specific days of the week so all like specific activities so if I need to kind of plan the content out for a month I'll keep it to one day at the beginning of the month and I'll plan out the whole month for them and then work on scheduling and creating off off of the back of that one client I go in I go in once a week for them and other other things like maybe if I'm if it's a load of photos I need to take for, for a client I'll set that to one day so like the tasks I'll, I'll kind of lump them together but where it gets a bit tricky is sometimes when I know a post is going out in the evening sometime or another time and just that there's weird little technical glitches you get mm. on a post it doesn't look right and then they're messaging you get in in the evening going oh, it is, you know, it's been cropped yeah. off here or the caption is all over the place. I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, I look like such an amateur. Mm. But when actually I've done done it all correctly, it was just technology screwed me over at that one point. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to kind of structure things as best I can. Mm-hmm. But there's always an element of you being kind of on call. And, yeah, that not not every minute is your own. Yeah, yeah. So there might be two things there. One, in kind of setting some boundaries. And that might even come at the agreement stage when you get on board a new client of what constitutes an emergency that's okay to to get in touch with you at certain times and what doesn't so that you can switch off at some point just for yourself, not just for the business, but for yourself. And then also starting to treat your business like a client and give it the same importance because you know once one client's project's finished they're gone your your business is the client that's going to keep paying you money because it's the one that's going to keep bringing in the people 
So it's it's shifting some mindset around that. And that might mean that I, I have a, a design client who, well, she's a designer. And so she set aside one day a week that she just worked on her business. Yeah, I think that is the ideal situation. And mm-hmm. I still feel like everything is, is taking much longer than it should. And I don't know why. <laughs> Right. So it kind of, I kind of like makes me get a little bit anxious when I oh I'll, I'll just spend you know I want to spend half a day doing this and it actually takes me the entire day and I'm just like why is it taking so long? Am I not being realistic or? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If and if this isn't something that's come with practice because you've been in it for six months and so you know if it took one day in January you might have thought that you'd get quicker at it. But actually, if it takes a day, it takes a day. So maybe it's your expectations of what how long things take because we all do that we're like, oh, I'll spend an hour doing that and no it needs three <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also like when you've planned to do something and you wake up in the morning and you're just really not in the mindset for that particular mm. task anymore I'm like oh no mm. why <laughs> <laughs> I should I should have been ready for this today I knew it was coming so it's just like struggling with like Hawaii things taking much, much longer than I think they are. And then that kind of like, you know, pushes back my own content stuff and it just all goes around back around in a circle. <laughs> I wonder whether maybe capitalizing on mindsets while you're in it. So if you have a day where you're doing social media scheduling, just add yours onto the list like it is another client's and do it all then at the same time. So having rather than having a day separate, which is your own business, actually just having so I have my social media day, I have my content writing day, I have my email writing day and just factor yours in in the mix so that it gets done as part of the rest of the client work rather than it being something that's completely different. Yeah, that's true, actually, because then I can do it in the flow if that makes sense exactly. rather than putting it aside and then being so precious about it and like am I saying this right is this mm. does this look right those kind of worries yeah yeah that's going to be so important to in terms of like farming and becoming really known in this space and you can do all the pitching and networking and everything that you want but if they come to your site and there's nothing there there's not there's nothing there for them to dig into and you're not establishing your expertise you're not attracting people through SEO and all that sort of thing so yeah it's a case of prioritizing it as the client that's going to always keep giving because that's the thing that's going to be bringing in the new clients yeah and um, kind of like putting my kind of message out there constantly I guess yes yeah absolutely you and because new people are finding you all the time so that one time that you said what you did they missed that never saw it so it's kind of always picking up on on what you do and who you are and making sure that people are reminded of that and just being really consistent and hammering it home because you can't say oh I spoke about this once and then people forget they've got other things going on in their lives like watching telly and those five other things like logistics vendors they're trying to deal with so it's it's always reminding them that you exist it's basically what what you've got to do just I'm still here I still exist I still exist and there is then an element of kind of just being a magnet and waiting for them to come back I feel about that with sales is people will very rarely buy the very first time they see you unless you sell pairs of socks and they need a pair of socks yeah (laughs) it's a and particularly with yours they've got stakeholders to go to and all those kind of things 
So it's it's never the goal to sell there and then. It's the goal to get them to come back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the way that you do that is by continually popping up, whether that's through personal follow-up emails that you send, email newsletters, your outreach program, if you go on a podcast that they happen to be listening to on the train as they go into work and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go and read her blog when I get back because I remember somebody else told me about her and kind of being part of that ecosystem that they're operating in so they're never forgetting you for long. Yeah, and I mean, that that would be entirely wonderful if I nail this kind of consistent flow of like, like we, like, you know, like you've just suggested, like, adding my own mm. content onto my days of creating content or things like that like yeah. that would be that would be super yeah and it's really a priority thing that you you can't make more time you've just got to make the decision that this is as important as the other stuff that you're doing and that, yeah I have to see it that way yeah yeah because yeah. otherwise it does just keep being pushed because you can put it into the flow of everything else but if you still kind of think it's not as important it will still not be done by the end of the day so it's very much that mindset shift and what some people do is they will remove themselves to work on it so I've got one client who when she does the working on the business stuff rather than in the business she goes to a cafe because she can't be in the office where somebody can come and ask her something or an email will pop in and she'll deal with it. She needs to remove. But and maybe it's a case of you kind of experimenting with how you work best and how it needs to fit in, whether you, it needs to be in the flow or whether it needs to be something completely different. Yeah, just finding what what works and what feels natural, I guess, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what works that's that's the only right way to do something is the way that makes it happen um (laughs) not trying to go oh I'm going to follow this formula because it worked for so and so because it won't work for you so it's just finding the way that will make you do it that's the right way to do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) even if it might seem like the long way around to others it's just like right this works I'm just gonna do this okay Yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely there's no there's no right or wrongs because if you kind of trying to put yourself in someone else's formula, you're either not creating content that is true to you or you're, something else is slipping. So finding the way that works for you and just kind of not putting too much pressure on it and, and being a bit self-analytical as well. That's something I found really useful this year is kind of at the end of the week, I have a planner. It's called the Daily Greatness Business Planner. It's not sponsored or anything, but... <laughs> Maybe I should get them to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, they do a weekly check-in, which has some some questions, which is just about what went really well this week. Like, how did I show up? Did How did I use my time? And actually really analysing that at the end of the week, I start to see like, oh, you know what? I'm just not sticking to what I've set myself because they're unrealistic. And what I need to do actually is leave some more spaces. and actually only set myself the three things to do rather than the six because the other three never get done. So just kind of being analytical about it because you start to see patterns then as well. So where you're saying, oh, it's taking me this much time and I don't think it should, then actually seeing the patterns of, well, maybe that's because, I don't know, I sit for and have lunch for three hours in the middle of the day or whatever, (laughs) or it takes me an hour to get going in the morning because I'm not quite in the right headspace and or anything like that. If you start to pick up on the patterns on what's holding you back in your routine, then you can start to fix them. 
Yeah, so then that that's kind of one step further into what I was doing. So I started using the Best Self Journal. Ah, uh, yes, I was toying with that one. That was on my list of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. I was like, let, let's just see if I can work through something as structured th- th- as this. So I did it for the first quarter. And like in the beginning, I was like, wow, this is a lot of planning. Mm. Like this is a lot more planning than I'm used to. And I kind of like, you know, spent my Sunday afternoon kind of planning the week, kind of enjoyed it. And then when yeah. it came to it, I was just like, wow, this is a lot, isn't it? And then it kind of like I learned loads of things. Like I'm putting too, I was putting too much pressure on myself daily to do those exact tasks and then not doing them all. And then mm-hmm. just figuring out actually, you know, I need to maybe take away this and that. And although I wasn't, you know, on track all of the time, I realized that having a planner of some kind kept me more on track than not having one Mm -hmm. so even if I was loosely following it it did help Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I like I like I like what you're saying about going one step further in and going actually look at the patterns that keep that keep happening yeah because you can realize things in the moment and then kind of forget about it but then once you look back over six weeks and be like you know what I did that every week like now I need now I know what the problem is then you're onto a winner because then you can start to deal with that but while you're still like well it's taking me this time and I don't know why it's working out what that why is and then really honing in on how you can fix it that's what's going to be useful yeah I'll dig I'll have to dig deeper (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't have to be like a huge it can be asking yourself like the three questions of what went really well what didn't go well and it sounds like for you thinking like how did I manage my time this week and start to kind of dig into how the patterns that emerge from that yeah yeah that makes sense yeah and then that helps you play to your strengths as well Rather than kind of beating yourself up about all the stuff that you're not doing, if you're always saying what went well this week, what went well this week, and the same things are coming up, you know that that's where your energy is best served. So if it's a case of, oh, well, every week I'm getting great engagement on social media, then maybe that's where you really need to be focusing rather than on the blog where that you've got to kind of block around that for whatever reason. If you can be on social media and be really present and brilliant there, then maybe that's where you can put more of your energy because that's what's consistently doing well for you. And people will find you there because that's where you're being a magnet and you can put on your site, you know, come to the Instagram, that's where I am. Another way of rounds like that. Yeah, I'm kind of just working through things like that as in in the beginning when you're not getting as many followers even though you're putting stuff out or like you know just I just need to start somewhere or should I just do this and put it out and just keep on going like I think I'm trying to overcome when we're beginning it's um when you're putting stuff out being like oh no one's even reading this what am I doing Mm. like it's kind of overcoming that anxiety yeah that beginning anxiety of like I just need to put this out yeah Instagram is the worst place for that because it makes you work for every little (laughs) tiny thing and it demands your time and your presence and your attention and it's not going to give you easy quick wins whereas somewhere like Pinterest is like oh just stick something on here and we'll take care of it and you see a lot of results quicker there but then you don't get the same kind of community the one-on-one engagement and all those kind of things so it's pros and cons to each but yeah it's it's showing up again how you would for a client and 
what you would say to them and the important you know the importance of it and but I think as well with Instagram it's remembering that that's not your job yeah and not getting (laughs) too bogged down in it and really kind of keeping this perspective that it's a tool for the business and focus your activity there on ensuring that it is a tool so rather than kind of sitting on it for three hours be like right I'm going to go out and I'm going to comment on five specific people's posts and that's that's going to be the best thing that I can do to increase engagement today and then maybe I'm gonna find five new really relevant hashtags for the audience I want to get in front of and I'm going to use those ones in the mix today and just keeping it really small but really focused on the stuff that's gonna move it rather than just kind of trying to throw the kitchen sink at it all the time yeah that that, yeah that makes so much sense now that you're saying it actually because it was it's it's really easy to just sit there and scroll yes oh god yeah I'm the worst for that I'm the worst for that (laughs) I'm like oh my god I need to get off this now I'm addicted just put my phone to the to the other side just yeah get rid of it for a little mm. while but um yeah it's just in the beginning I start I started doing kind of like more thoughtful posts on my own personal page just to test you know mm-hmm. what kind of things and then you know when you kind of put questions out like questions out to start a conversation and mm. no one actually yeah. <laughs> answers you and you're like oh my god what am I doing and there's like no one else to tell me that yo, you know you could have done this better this is where you need to kind of make some connections with people because if you especially if you've asked a question in a caption no one's replying to have somebody that you can be like it's bombing could you just come and answer the question on my on my (laughs) on my post and have a couple of people do that just so it doesn't look so sad (laughs) yeah it's literally that I'm just like oh no one actually wanted to answer that question There's all sorts of reasons around why people do and don't find you. Often it might it's hashtags. If you can use some really small, more kind of niche ones, that's always better because something like social media, hashtag social media, for example, is going to have millions and millions of other social media professionals in there, none of which are looking to engage and also that you don't want to be engaging with you. Whereas something more like... I don't know, like hashtag gather and curate. Your people will probably be in there and then all the other people in there are in the mood to engage because they're not just there for themselves. So it's kind of having a nice mix of those and being really conscious about who you're getting in front of with the hashtags that you're using. Yeah, as in making my my time on social media valuable as well, Mm. as well as providing value. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If there was ever a thing of as both at the same time, <laughs> it's definitely both at the same time. There's no, you've, it was always a balance of yes, you've got to give value, but there's got to be some coming back. Otherwise, you're just doing it for free, literally. So, being really conscious of when you do something, what you want to get out of it, and if you're not getting that out of it, stop and change and do something else because yeah, there's no point. There's, it's it's yes, value, value, value for the audience, but there's it's got to come back too. Yeah, it's just, it would be definitely nice if I had a few, you know, people that do similar things to me and mm. I'm able to just be like, right, this doesn't do so well, what do you think? Why? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, th- those kind of questions where, because they'll they'll just get me because they understand yeah. what I'm doing and what that's similar to what they're doing and, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, I don't have that. 
And so it's all a lot in my own head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's really different. And you desperately, not you, but everybody desperately needs that objectivity sometimes that you just can't get on your own and you do need that support. So what have you done so far to try and kind of generate that? Or have you done nothing and just kind of longed for it? <laughs> so I've been to kind of like specific kind of meetups, kind of creative events. Mm -hmm. So ones that aren't so specific to ethical, but still specific to kind of like marketing and social media, those kind of things, or like, you know, female orientated ones, like creative photography, mm -hmm. those kind of events. And then, you know, I've met a couple of people there and, you know, said, oh, hey, we should meet up and like have like, you know, because they met like met like minded people that are freelancers also. So it was like, oh, we should meet up and have like, you know, like I've got a co-working space let's, let's go work together there like if you ever need a hand or like need mm -hmm. like an opinion on something like we've had those exchanges but it's not really got much further than that <laughs> and have did what did you follow up did you ask them the questions that you want to be asking yeah the beginnings of those but um I think maybe I was looking for that kind of spark when you meet someone and you already already click yeah maybe I was looking for the wrong thing I don't I'm not really sure yeah it's it's funny it's sometimes you do get that with people and sometimes it's it's developed over time by just mm. shared experience and shared conversations and things I've uh, made friendships online where you know I just kind of got on each other's radar and was like yep yeah, you know what we are we are going to be friends. And then there's other people where it just kind of happens that you, they commented on one of my pictures that I commented back to be polite. And then they commented back and then I commented back and it, and it grew very organically like that. So it's, it's a case of, I would say finding the, finding the sorts of people that can provide you with the support that you want and being really proactive about it. So I put together a group how many of us are there there's like eight I think of people who I just liked was engaging with anyway online and I thought let's just put us all together and we have a, a group message on Instagram and we all kind of share pictures in there and say what do you think about this and wider stuff about business and things as well and that's that's really valuable but it took me being proactive to put it together and putting my big girl pants on and, and messaging them all and seeing if they'd actually want to join. But what, in my experience, everybody wants more connection. Everybody wants more support. Everybody wants it, but nobody's being proactive and making it happen. So I would be very surprised if you were to kind of start cultivating some relationships and then say, would you like to do this? If they said no, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, yeah. So just being more, making more effort basically to get that back I guess yeah 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 and, and acting like it's already established even if it's not so for example when you kind of met that person and we're like oh let's let's be su support each other well three days later send her a message and say oh what do you think about this and then she can ask a question back and starting it to and throwing like that you've got to yeah you've got you've got to be the one to make it happen because everybody else is too busy wrapped up in their own lives worrying about things to remember <laughs> that you wanted to to have that relationship with them so you've got to really kind of make it happen yeah yeah 
note to self <laughs> yeah but and you know it's it's not the most natural thing for everybody to do to make friends like that and it can feel uncomfortable and it's really nice and safe just sat at home on your own <laughs> but um there comes a point where sometimes you just have to decide what's what's more important and that's a really kind of difficult advice for me to give because that's something that happened to me was that for years and years and years I wanted to be doing something and then at one point something just clicked where the doing it became more important than the worrying about what people thought and I can't say what it was but it did just click and so it has to be that conscious decision of what is and isn't important and then making sure that the things that you decide are important that you follow through on. Yeah there's definitely things that have confirmed to me there were already things I've started to think yeah and you've just confirmed that yeah okay that is exactly what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing and it's kind of settled a few things in my mind that will work and won't work mm-hmm. and you're at the hardest point where you're a few months in and it's not gathered its own steam yet and you're still having to put loads into it to nurture it before it is really starting to pay you back. And that's a really messy, boggy place to be. But the amount that you put in, it will start to pay back. And I think that's the thing. If you've been reticent to be spending your time on your own marketing and on your own content creation, and rightly so, because you're not quite seeing it coming back the way that you like but the less that you do it the less that's going to come back and you have to sort of trust that I'm going to be doing this and it will come back but I just need to look after this little baby I need to really nurture it and feed it before it can kind of grow up and start bringing stuff back to me yeah that's I think yeah you've said it perfectly like as in I'm at that stage where I just need to keep going just like Mm. literally just actually put stuff out there and keep going just having the belief that it will come back Mm -hmm. yeah yeah in a bigger way (laughs) yeah and you've done everything right to date as well so you've got your a very strong why you're really niche down you're in a a industry or a niche that is very close-knit I'm assuming and that they've got a lot of similar troubles and that they would all talk and it's all there it's just now you capitalizing on that and taking take the power you know don't wait for people to to find you don't wait for it to happen like really kind of take hold of it and be like no this is important enough for me that I'm going to really go out and make this a priority yeah definitely but let's talk about some more positive things (laughs) 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 like what you've got coming up in the net for like the rest of the year that you're kind of working towards and really looking forward to so once I nail some you know just put out my message be consistent with it I kind of had this idea rolling around in my head for months to have a space where people can come and discover brands that are doing good or are ethically minded or sustainable so I'm running a pop-up later this year interesting yeah that would do just that hopefully so I've just started to look for brands still looking for brands that might be interested in something like that Mm. so I'll curate the entire space for them and I hope to run kind of like practical workshops so it's like not just people coming and you know looking and but hearing from brands themselves and, you know, really getting to hear the backstories of how these brands began and 
how they're making an impact in the world. And that is a really great piece of sort of reverse outreach <laughs> or and the kind of like reverse pitching that like you rather than you asking them for something like pay me to, <laughs> and hire me you're getting in front of them with like this amazing opportunity and great concept that's probably going to paint you in a better light and make you look more impressive than any pitch that you could send yeah no, that that's 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 the hopeful <laughs> that's the idea <laughs> yeah, that's the idea yeah and it's like you know not only that like I love curating things that are like things that are already there so like I know that's something I'll thoroughly enjoy like gathering some really interesting people and stories and products and things like that so I hope this yeah it's going to be a really great way to demonstrate your expertise as well and what I would say is really kind of take time to think about not just how you can make the pop-up a success but how you can show yourself and your services in the best light so whether that's you invite the brands who are involved to come and have like a free networking and maybe you stand up and do like a a talk about some ways they can improve their marketing or things like that just so you're demonstrating your expertise literally in front of them but also in your marketing of the pop-up like if you can get ethical bloggers there and that you can really make a buzz about it on social media you're demonstrating your abilities as a marketer in real time and that's just going to be so much more interesting than a pitch yeah you know? <laughs> definitely yeah it was just... who else is doing that yeah perfect opportunity then <laughs> yeah so hopefully like i'm really excited for it um so watch the space i guess yeah and and the organizing of that you know what that will probably teach you to really prioritize your own stuff because when it's a, a space and you've got people relying on you you can't put that down to the bottom of the to-do list so that'll probably be a really good way to kind of get into prioritizing what you do yeah yeah and getting kind of like clear on like okay what do I need to, what needs to be done like right this second <laughs> yeah yeah that's so exciting that's, that's such a clever idea I love that yeah so that's great and that's going to really kind of focus you for the rest of the year as well towards working towards that and all your business development can be focused around that and you can have meetings with people in the space and say look at what I've made and I yeah uh. I'm so excited for that and so yeah I would really take some time to think really broadly around what you can do with it to really maximize the value and maximize your impact in front of your people and come up with some really great ideas because I think that could really launch you into that community of impactful ethical businesses in a way that going along to somebody else's networking event never could you just need to make sure that they know about it and that they're they're there and they're they're in it with you yeah yeah that's so true yeah <laughs> right well well now I'm I'm so excited after that. <laughs> I've got all the, yeah so um that's gonna be so fun for you and I'm now thinking maybe I should do something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like creating your own opportunity I guess yeah definitely definitely like don't wait for somebody else's conference or networking event make something that's your own and that is better yeah, it was literally a case of if I don't do it now, when will I do it? Yeah, yeah. This is the perfect time because you're not overly bogged down with client work and it can, yeah, be a real proper launch for you. And and you, could, you couldn't have done it three, six months ago because you wouldn't be 
as confident and know your people as well so it, it is a real the right time for it I think yeah fingers crossed yeah yeah it'll be good it'll be good yeah you just it's all on you and that's the thing when you have your own business it's all on you and some people can find that really crushing and other people can find that really and uplifting and motivating that it doesn't depend on anyone else it's just me I can make this thing and I can make it how I want and I'm in control and I'm not relying on somebody else showing up it's it's just me and yeah. yeah I think I think I I do have the days where I'm I'm the first one oh, and I'm yeah, the second we, one yeah. and I'm the first one yeah there's definitely those highs and lows yeah there's <laughs> highs and lows in everything but if you can approach things more like the second version <laughs> nine <laughs> times out of ten at least and you know we all have days where we sit and cry but <laughs> I was just par for the course and you do that in a job but at least you have the option to be the second version if you want to yeah yeah so I've got one last question for you, which is the one that I'm ending all my interviews with, which is, how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Oh, interesting. Mm. So <laughs> I would say growing with soul for me would mean not losing like kind of human spirit mm. and having balance in both in a spiritual sense and a literal sense those kind of things so it's not always possible to have you know you're not, you're not always going to be feeling your best self or you know that kind of thing but kind of being more aware of myself and realizing and catching myself before I go into a, you know like a downward spiral or something mm. and kind of really making sure my interactions are valuable with yes. other people yeah I love that it's definitely about like keeping connections real and honest and transparent mm-hmm. so yeah hopefully how I w- would like to grow <laughs> yeah and, and maybe like when this goes out just listen back to that write down what you just said and <laughs> pin it on the wall above your desk because yeah that was lovely and a really like great reminder yeah yeah mantra <laughs> mantra mantra yeah <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you and say hello to you and if they want to hear more about the pop-up or be involved or just go along where can they find out all the information about you so you've got my site so it's www.unfoldchange.com but also on my Instagram is my favorite platform. So either on my personal page, which would be at Indie underscore Foulier, or my business page, which is going to be up, hopefully, very, very soon (laughs) in the next week or so at Unfold Change. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Indie, for your time. And yeah, I hope you feel a little bit more clear and it'll feel with a little bit more direction. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of confirming and settling a few things has really helped. (laughs) That's so important. Having those conversations and getting the stuff out of your head can be so, it's so underrated how valuable that is. Yeah, yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Indy. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. All the links we mentioned will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Indy on Instagram. I am at simpleandseason and she's at Indy underscore Foulier. Or remember that you can use the hashtag, which is hashtag Grow a Soul Podcast. 
As always, if you have a friend who you think would really benefit from listening to this conversation, perhaps somebody who is just going full-time or thinking about going full-time, please do send them the link to the episode. And if you're listening alone, share it via the hashtag to meet other listeners and join in. Until next time, I hope you grow with soul. Bye.